I'm Monica Kelly, and my guest today is Bob Bell, the founder of Food for Thought Denver. It's good to have you, Bob. Thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. You created Food for Thought Denver in 2012. What made you start this organization? It's a kind of a, a simple story, much like Food for Thought is, is simple today. I mean, I, I just learned about, I had been working on a, a backpack program, if you will, through my Rotary Club back in 2012, and my job was to pick up some food at a local suburban food bank, take it to a school where my club members were packing for a small number of kids. And every time I went to that food bank, I got to know the director, but my only job really was just doing that, dropping off the food, and I would go about my day. And finally one day she said, hey, you're a, you're a North Denver native, a, you know, a Denver guy. She said, this, this problem of kids not eating is rampant in the city of Denver, and no one is doing anything about it. And I said, what do you want me to do? She said, well, why don't you fix it? So um, it was pretty much that simple. Like she told me what the first steps were and how to do it. And um, I just gathered a few of my buddies and we sat down and um, figured out what the program could look like in our eyes. And um, we went about charting a course for Food for Thought. So give us an idea of how many students in Denver receive free or reduced lunches. Well, I mean, the, the number is huge. Back then, you know, we didn't know anything. We we had been introduced to one school, which was in, you know, my backyard, if you will, with 300 kids. And the, the kids that we address are what they call Title I kids, right? Free and reduced lunch kids because, you know, everybody's got to have a title now. So these are kids that come from, for their family of four, an average income of $29,000 or below. So it was abject poverty in my backyard. So the number, to answer your question, in just in the city of Denver is something like, like 50,000 kids in that free and reduced lunch program. Um, so we started out with a whopping 300, just trying to do what we could do. And the idea was just get them a bag of food for the weekend. So these are kids that eat fine during the week in that the school gives them breakfast and lunch. But when they take off on Friday afternoon, they by and large don't have a real path of how they're going to eat till they get back to school on Monday. And so when a kid goes through the entire weekend kind of not really eating, what happens on Monday at school? Well, I mean, that was the eye-opener. You know, when, when I got introduced to a few of the teachers at, at the Columbian Elementary, our first school, and they just they just let me sit in that classroom and watch the kids and listen to the kids. And, you know, quite honestly, I mean, you can imagine, you know, you know we've all had hunger pains, right? I mean, you don't, you just don't think right. And for these kids, it's, it's beyond that. I mean, they can't socially integrate. They certainly can't learn. Um, they just feel bad. I mean, there's school nurses in the schools that we're in now that tell me, you know, 30 or 40 kids on a Monday morning just in there with, you know, ma'am, my, my stomach hurts. And it's nothing more than I haven't eaten. And, you know, it's it's a, it's just a one thing after another for these kids when they just can't, you know, step into gear. And these are, we're talking about little kids that we serve that are three years old through fifth graders. And they, they just don't know better and they don't have the means to get better, you know, without some help. Right. And I'm sure it can affect things like test scores and, you know, ultimately whether or not you graduate from high school, things like that. Yeah, of course it does. You know, and then, you know, I'm, I'm not that bright, Monica, to be truth. I mean, heck, I'm a realtor out here in Denver and people, I, they ask me all the time about, you know, what about the socioeconomic, blah, blah, blah. And what about the metrics? You know, we all, we all do this as a passion. This is no one's job. So, you know, we don't have time to really do that, but I can tell you firsthand, I can tell you a first hug from a lot of these kids that it makes a difference culturally to them and more than the food. The food is great. It's good for their belly. No doubt about that. But what matters to them is the consistency of people showing up for them. 
that we haven't missed now in 10 years. We haven't missed a single Friday for these kids because, I mean, the very first principal I ever met simply told me this. Like, I've seen a joker like you before. You're going to come in here and change the world. you got a little bit of money in your pocket. You're going to blah, blah, blah. And six months later, you come back and say, gosh, people didn't rally towards it, couldn't raise the money, couldn't do this. Could, should do, if you're going to do that, don't even start because these kids just live in a world of failed promise after failed promise. Don't fail them. If you're going to start it, just stick with it. Make it consistent for these guys. What's it been like over the last 10 years? Heaven. Um, you know, it, it literally has changed my life and the life of a lot of people involved with Food for Thought because, um, you know, we've been able to witness firsthand what a couple of things. Obviously, it's beautiful for the kids that we serve. I mean, it's just been the most compelling thing I've ever done, to be sure. But what it's done for the community of Denver, the people that have rallied behind us, the family that it has created within Food for Thought, where we literally have 3,000 volunteers on our registry, people who just say, hey, man, if I can help you kick this thing down the road a little bit, here's here's a couple bucks, or here's some other talent I have, or here's something you need that I can get to you. Because the two key things that your listeners just have to get is that you know, we when we do a school, we do the school. So it's not going into the school on limited resources saying, you know, we got enough for 50 of your 300 kids. When we go to school, we feed every kid in that school. We already know the poverty window is great there. So we're not about, you know, stigmatizing a kid by making him stand up in this line over here and say, well, you know, if your life sucks worse than this kid over here, you can have the food. That doesn't work because then kids a, don't want to be singled out, and B, they'll avoid that line because they don't want their peers to think they're hungry. So we feed every kid in that school every Friday, and we do it all with no overhead, and we simply refuse to have any overhead in the program. We don't have a truck. We don't have an employee. We don't have a building. We work under a, a viaduct in downtown Denver. We refuse to take on any overhead expense because I have to say to you and to anybody that can listen to us, that every penny we raise is going nowhere but into that bag, into that kid's belly every single Friday. I saw you under that viaduct, and I thought, well, that's, <laughs> that's interesting. That's so you know, awesome. If had, if, you know, if we had a dollar for every time somebody said, look, you can't do this, you, you, you're going to have to get an executive director, you're going to have to blah, blah, blah. You know, the proof is you don't have to do it. If, you, if you're passionate, passionate enough about it and have enough like-minded people I mean, love is the love is the theme, right? You, there's nothing more powerful. And and when you see lives change with these kids, um, you know nothing can stop it. It's gone from that one school. We started on St. Patrick's Day in 2012. We just had our 10th birthday party, St. Patrick's 2022. Went from one school and 300 kids. We're now in 76 schools across the city. We're feeding over 10,000 kids, so that's 20,000 bags every month. Our food budget alone, Monica, is $1.2 million a year at the food bank, and we got it because, you know, good people like you spread the word because we know the truth. It's going to help a kid. So tell me about these power sacks. What do kids receive on Fridays? Yeah, I mean, the the initial design on the back of a napkin was, hey, you know, most of these kids, and I, and I don't want to make it sound so emotional, but the truth is that a large majority of the kids that we serve don't have a traditional family like most of us experience. Like, I come from a family of seven. I didn't have much, but I had my parents and I had a roof over my head. For a lot of these kids, they live in motels, you know, throughout the city. They live on a voucher. Voucher runs out. They move to a motel. I mean, we worry whether or not they even have a can opener. 
for some of the stuff we give them. So our plan in building the bag is to give them 12 to 15 items that if a kid on his own has to survive out of that bag over the weekend, he could do it. So there's enough hand snacks, if you will, granola bars and ramen and fruit cups and peanut butter and that kind of thing that they can eat. And then, of course, if they have enough of a family structure, then sometimes that's just an older sibling that's learned how to make uh, you know, spaghetti or hamburger helper or canned tuna. We've got that in there along with a recipe card in English and Spanish that helps them put a meal together as, as simple as it may be in its content, but it's enough that they could sit down and have a meal together. So that that's the goal. We have two ladies who are just moms who just do our purchasing and they buy like moms would buy it. And they make that bag, if you can imagine, for $5, thanks to the Food Bank of the Rockies, we put 15 items in that bag. And I think if you opened the bag and looked in it, you'd say, dang, that's that's a lot of food and that's good food. What has been the reaction of the community? Oh, unbelievable. I mean, if if anybody in ears distance ever hears that people aren't good, they're wrong. People are amazing. You know, we work on a college campus, so we started out having mainly our volunteers consist of students that are, you know, part of that university. And then we just caught we just caught the wave of corporate Denver and we have you know, it's it's become the biggest team building experience there is in the city where companies will bring their entire staff down. We have the CEO and the admin and everybody's down there. If it's five degrees here in Denver and snowing, we're outside doing our thing. We don't miss. So, you know, put your coat on and put your boots on and you're standing next to your CEO that you didn't know was up on the 14th floor and you're on the first floor, but it's a leveling field. And, you know, I've had more than one CEO tell me he pulls his people and say, you know, what do you want to do as a, you know, our corporate outing? They're like, man, let's go pack food. And we're going to carve out two hours of our Friday morning and, you know, maybe change life, you know, maybe a little dramatic, but at least do something, you know, totally selfless for someone I don't even know. And then go get a Starbucks and go back to work. It's it's good. And it's just created an energy across the city where, you know, it's become the who's who. You, you, you got to go do food for thought is, is how we experience it. The Bible says to feed the hungry. You are literally taking care of people who need to be taken care of and taking nothing back for yourself. No, no. And, you know, we, we just refuse. And if you can imagine that, we you know, the army of people that... You know, it's not it's not rocket science we're doing here. We're buying food and we're putting it in a bag. But the reality is, you know, my my college buddy is is our CFO, if you will, manages our, our books and you know helps us get a uh, a 1099 and a 990 in place so we can be completely transparent. And you know, I I jump up on the tailgate of my truck every every week and announce it like, if you want to come see my financials? You know, come to my office. I mean, you're going to love what you see. We have you know a bunch of money coming in and we have one check going out a month. Um, for the food bank of the Rockies, and that's it. And I, you know, I beg you, show me another expense we have. We simply don't do it because the army of people that's committed to it just wants that model to be clean, and it can be done. And you know, I get there's a lot of beautiful nonprofits out there, you know, and they have a lot of expense because they're tackling on maybe problem that's bigger than ours. But in our world, we can do this. And there's other people wanting to do it like us, and you just gotta you just gotta have enough gumption to say, look, I'm I'm willing to shoulder it and you know soldier on. Well, circling back to the woman that first approached you, have you been in touch with her? Oh, constantly, yeah, absolutely. And, and it was kind of a, a three pronged. I mean, it, she runs. She was at the food bank, and then you know we had a teacher contact in the school, and we had another friend who was working on a, a similar program that, you know, we've just been blessed because, 
we have been able to do it on a much larger scale. Like I said, this this kind of a thing's been around our country since the 70s, as near as I can tell. But it's it's hard to raise the kind of money it takes to be able to impact every kid in every school. But, you know, it's just we just insist that that's, you know, if someone comes up and says, well, hey, I, I know about this school. Let's get over there. I'm like, well, then let's get us some money. You know, it's just nothing. There's nothing hard about this. The more money, the more schools. That That's all. The only thing we have to complete is finding more money to open that school. And I don't I don't know how to say this more simply. The money just has it's supposed to happen like it's supposed to be happening. And the money has happened and we just don't worry about it. We just say yes to the school and go figure out the money later. It's pretty incredible. And you're serving 70 plus schools now. 76 today. Yep. And we haven't missed one Friday since, you know, that that day. I mean, that's right through the pandemic. Um, you know, here, you know, here in Denver, I mean, there's a lot of days that you don't want to go outside. We go at 430 in the morning. And you don't want to go out there, but it, it's not an option you know, not to do it. You know, we just we just we just don't miss. And on an average Friday, we have 300 people you know, working on getting the project together. It starts on Monday with the buyers, Tuesday placing the order, and Thursday we have a donated semi that picks up our food. It's 30,000 pounds of food a week that we got to bust down, put on tables, and eventually wind up in a bag. And it all goes down by 3 o'clock that afternoon. The kids are taking it home that day. How have the kids reacted? Oh, I mean, they're just so euphoric. I mean, I've always said it's it's like... It's like Christmas every Friday. I mean, when our guys, you know, if you can imagine, we've got, you know, 70, 80 Rubbermaid tubs full of food bags on dollies and all these old dudes just come knocking, rolling down the hall with dollies, setting them outside the classroom and the kids, you know, all you hear is there's the food guy, the food's here, there's the food guy. Is there any chocolate in it this week? You know, and we commonly tell them, oh, yeah, it's all chocolate. They know better by now, but... But but they just know, you know, and again, like I said minutes ago, it's the consistency of knowing it's Friday and I'm going to have food. And, you know, I've been in the school on more than one occasion when a parent comes in and saddles up next to the kid and says, you got the bag, right? You know, the bag matters. It just it just matters. And most of these schools are in food deserts. It's not it's not like they can run you know, next door to the grocery store. And most of them, you know, I've been in those classrooms when it's not a hot lunch day and it's bring your lunch to school. And, you know, for a lot of these kids, bring your lunch is like, I look at them. It's a, it's a 7-Eleven bag with Mountain Dew and hot Cheetos in it. That's what, that's what they get on the way to school. So, you know, this food matters. And uh, again, the food bank has been a great partner because they give us what I consider to be very nutritious. You know, we sneak in a few cookies here and then because, for God's sake, I like cookies and they're kids. Um, so they ought to get that once in a while. But by and large, it's, you know, nutritionally sound stuff. And now with the recipe in there and, um, you know, the hope I've had, you know, young ladies in fifth grade say, Hey, Mr. Bobby, I've I made I made spaghetti, I made mac and cheese, and you know they're learning because they just culturally a lot of these kids don't understand what the food is, much less how to prepare it, and it's helping them. So the reaction is is great. I mean, it's it's just that it's just one of thanks um, for for showing up for them. How can people get involved? We don't again. We don't have a marketing department or anything like that. So the extent really of our our outreach is we're, I've got two buddies. Um, one's a, an amazing graphic designer and one is an, a great, uh, an amazing social media guy. So our presence on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, 
uh, is second to none. That's really how we get our traction. I ask everybody every week, you know, if you like, if it lands on your heart today, what you're doing, just, you know, share it out there and that social platform. And that's what's, you know, really spreading the word about what we do and encouraging people to come help. So hitting our website, which is foodforthoughtdenver.org, um, we take money there and we take volunteers there. And pretty much our whole story, you know, is is laid out right there, what we do and how we do it and however you want to get involved. And the truth is, you know, we're not much for taking money unless you've come down and packed. We have people call us up and say, we just, you know, we're going to write you a check. I'm like, yeah, you know, appreciate that. But, you know, we're not really in the check receiving world like we you know come touch it and feel it and see that you can make the difference you know with with your labor and with your heart then you know the money will like i said the money will just happen it just it just has to happen um it's not an option not not to make it happen i'm just so impressed by you i really am just so impressed by your your humility and your just your heart which is just so pure and simple i love that well, it's a, it's a very humbling thing when you're when you're in a school and you see you're in the classroom and the kids at eight o'clock come in and they have bean bags in the corner because three or four of those kids haven't slept all weekend, and I believe food is part of it. And they just jump in the corner and they let them sleep for an hour on those bean bags before their day can even start. You know, what wouldn't you do for those kids? And if it's as simple as putting some beans and hamburger helper in a bag, come on, who, who's going to say no to this? No one. What's your hope for the future? We've been doing it long enough now that we're starting to see some of the really fruits of the work, which our kids come back and say, hey, Bobby, do you remember me? And, you know, this is now a kid that's in high school that has come back to help. Um, we're on the Metropolitan State University campus, which is our inner city university in Denver. And it is where if those kids can make it to university, that's where they're going to wind up. We have a lot of those kids, and that's that's the dream, that's the fantasy, that you know maybe that bag changes the world just a little bit, that a kid can advance himself enough to get, you know, if not to university, but at least you know get to a point where they can be, you know, self-sustaining and and break the cycle that they're in, and that cycle is you know just one of, you know, we do the same thing, we do the same thing, and not not for these kids, and we're starting to see it. There's a rare Friday when someone doesn't grab me after we we start the start the pack and you know put their arms around me and say hey, you guys are on the right track i was that kid may have not been a food for thought kid but somewhere somebody did something like this for them that just said i matter and i i can do more and i can do better and there's people out there to support me and so that's that's how i hope it ends that there's there's a bunch of people that wind up doing what we're doing now when we're old and gone that say, I, I was helped, and therefore, you know, I'll do something for you down that road. Well, thank you so much, Bob Bell, the founder of Food for Thought Denver. Thanks for coming on today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me.